YouTube but isn't healthy. I'm your host, Lara, and on this podcast, we try to answer questions about food, exercise, general activities we do in life, and figure out whether or not they're healthy. Today's episode, we'll be talking about something that has been involved in almost everyone's life at some point, rice. I told you right off the bat we were going to be talking about it, so let's ask, is rice healthy? I personally would never have thought to ask this question, but recent diet trends and fads have left a lot of people asking whether or not rice is healthy. If you subscribe to some of the more edgier online sites or diets, you may have heard of the paleo diet or the carb-free diet, various different carb-free diets such as the keto diet or Atkins, have all kind of tried to steer people away from carbohydrates over the years, and rice is definitely a carb. But are they all right? Is that actually a reason that you shouldn't eat rice? It's not healthy because it's a carb? Well, no. If you've listened to any of our past episodes, or if you have some sort of background knowledge about food nutrition, you are aware that we do need all of our macronutrients and carbohydrates are one of them. We may not need as much or as many carbohydrates as we typically consume, but we definitely need some of them. So I don't want you to dismiss those diets as necessarily being wrong because they say carbs are bad, but maybe look a little bit closer at what they're talking about. So rice. Let's talk about why it could be healthy, why it couldn't be healthy. As a staple food, rice is found in most people's diets. It's the third largest produced crop in the world, second to wheat and cotton. I said crop, that's a little bit off. It is grain specifically. And is generally thought to be essential. Over two thirds of the world considers it a staple food. And while most people are familiar with rice, they're maybe not familiar with all of the different kinds of rice. Doing some research and even just looking for the background knowledge for this episode, I came across so many different varieties. And one study put the amount of different subspecies of rice over 10,000, actually over 110,000 different varietals of rice species. So there's a lot to cover here. I'm going to try to keep it limited to that which most people consume or have access to. Unfortunately, I'm not able to do a complete overview of all the kinds just because of how many there are. I'm not even going to get to go into depth on the two most common versions because unfortunately, the most common form of rice is globally experienced Almost everybody is consuming Asian rice versus African rice, which is the second most common, but it is almost exclusively produced in Africa still. Whereas Asian rice has been exported to all areas of the world. Over 112 countries are currently reporting rice as one of their cash crops, so it's a pretty big deal. Let's talk more about those varieties. I said that Asian rice was the most common, specifically Oreza sativa, not the sativa that you're thinking of. It is pronounced the same though, though it is spelled very differently. This particular kind of rice is the most common and comes in what you might think of as packaged white rice, though it's not white naturally. Rice goes through a lot of processing before it gets to your table from the fields. 
We're going to go into more depth on processing and milling later, as well as some of the byproducts and how those actually are contributing to health overall as well. But let's go back to what we were originally talking about, different varieties of rice. As I mentioned before, African rice is exclusive to West Africa, even to today. So many different kinds of rice that even when you're primarily producing Asian rice, you're still going to get you get your purple rice and your black rice and your red rice. All of these are more common outside of the United States from my understanding. My research is somewhat limited to accessing articles that are written in English or translated to English. I have mentioned that before, it's gonna keep coming up. But a lot of the research that's been done on rice is primarily being done in Asian countries. There are plenty of evaluations and meta-analyses that are available in both Europe and the United States, but I did want to get as much information from the best sources as possible. That led to some pretty interesting research rabbit trails. Um, in case you're interested, the People's Republic of China does a lot of in-depth research on contamination of rice fields. Most of that may not be public access, but enough of it is published and for some reason published in English that I got to learn a lot about how rice fields are pretty highly at risk of being contaminated by heavy metals in industrialized areas. So I'm surprised we don't have more rice recalls than we do. That being said, let's go back to our rice varieties. We have our colored rices, which are actually considered to be the more traditional rices. Those are going to be natural. They are not genetically modified when I say that. Overall, these colored rices are going to contain anthocyanins as well as phenolic acids, which have anti-inflammatory properties and some cases are uh, antioxidants, so they can help prevent cancer. Though the mechanism for that is a bit broader than you might think. Rice is, by nature, primarily a starch, and at that, it is a resistant starch, meaning when you're digesting it, your body's not able to hydrolyze it. So what it acts as more of a fermenting ground in your gut for bacteria. Now, before you all get afraid, if you've ever taken a probiotic or a prebiotic, this is actually very helpful for those same sorts of reasons. They are protecting your microbiome in your gut and in your digestive tract. Those are the same thing, but we're going to use as many terms as possible. And basically it helps you move food through your digestive system, break down food in your digestive system by allowing that bacteria to grow and produce naturally and healthy inside your gut. You want that, those are good things. That's actually one of the big reasons it's considered an antioxidant. There are other compounds as well that contribute to the antioxidant properties. Uh, we know of some phyletic acid in certain varieties of rice that can contribute to it. And there's a lot of exciting research on the orizinal, the oil that comes from rice, but we're gonna get to the oil from rice a little bit later. We talked about those traditional varieties, but ironically, none of those are white. Those are not the white rice that you're eating. Or are they? We're gonna go into milling here in just a minute, but before we do, a quick detour. Hybrid species of rice are also now coming into fruition because companies and governments are creating them. One of the major projects that is going on globally is that we are creating gene banks in order to save the genetic information 
of these more traditional species that are not resistant to droughts, floods, all kinds of natural phenomenon or, you know, pesticides, human beings not taking care of them well. We want to save the genetic material, but the idea behind creating hybrids is we want our food to then be able to survive other natural conditions, flooding, fire, etc. That being said, if we create rice that can survive fire, I want it. I don't see that happening, but very cool. Additionally, one of the major elements that's being promoted when we're talking about hybrids is adding micronutrients into your rice, which is a little bit silly because rice is very high in a lot of these micronutrients. It's very high in vitamin B and E, it has iron, it has iodine. Why would we wanna add micronutrients? Well, micronutrients, this is where we're going to move into our processing, are removed by the milling and polishing process. When rice is harvested, it's harvested as a paddy rice. Then, after it's been cleaned initially, you end up with brown husked rice. The husks are then removed, leaving you with just brown rice. It is then milled and polished, resulting in the final white rice. This is done for a variety of reasons, and these are important reasons. The highest one being the fact that rice goes bad very quickly if it is not processed. I know a lot of you are shocked by that because rice can sit on your shelves for years almost it seems like, but that's because it has been milled. Whether it is brown rice or white rice, both of those products that have been on your shelves have been processed enough that we've removed enough of the fat and enough of the protein that it won't go bad. One study found that unprocessed rice starts to go bad within six hours of being harvested. That's a very short lifespan for food. We don't want our food to go bad that quickly, and it's very important that we process it. But should we be processing it as much as we are to get white rice? Milling results in the loss of your vitamins B, so there are a number of vitamin B out there. All of them are going to be in the husk or the outer shell, and some of them are going to be in the endosperm, which is also removed sometimes in milling. You're also going to be losing iron and iodine. Now, iodine is no longer a major concern because most people have access to iodized salt if you are in the United States or Europe. If you do not have access to iodized salt, then you may have a problem not getting enough iodine. However, we want people to be getting more vitamin B, and depending on where you're located in the world, your government or your governing body may have decided that people need to be getting more iron. Anemia is a very serious problem. Supplementing in food is a complicated thing, though, because you, while you have anemia, you also have hemochromatosis. That's where you come into these issues where should we be adding things back into food. In this case, it was naturally high in it. We are trying to see if we can put it back. That's where you get your golden rice dilemma. If you've heard of golden rice before, it is genetically modified, and it would be a hybrid that tries to transfer some of those vitamins B, E, and iron into the rice product that you would be consuming instead of those being lost during the milling and polishing process. Polishing is what makes rice white. It's why it is the color it is, but it is also why it cooks as quickly and easily as it does. If you've had brown rice, you'll notice it takes a little bit longer to cook, or if you've had other varieties of rice, such as basmati rice, you may have noticed that 
you do have to take care of it longer, you have to boil it longer or steam it longer. And really, a lot of times people are looking for convenience. That's why companies do polish rice. Maybe not the most efficient way or ethical way, because as we're getting into, you lose a lot of the nutrients. You lose almost 30% of the protein, exact number being around 29%. We do have a little bit of variability depending on how it's polished. Up to 79% of the fat. And the minimum I saw on that loss was 40%. And 67% of the iron is typically lost in polishing. I'm comfortable with that number because all of the numbers on the different studies hit right around that mark. So if we know that polishing removes this, is it good? Is polishing necessary? Well, polishing is not necessarily necessary, but it may become necessary. Let's go back to my discussion. China publishes data on heavy metal contamination of rice fields, and they do this because rice is very good at absorbing and storing heavy metals. This is not a concern if your water supply is not contaminated with heavy metals. This is a concern if your rice field is behind a factory and your runoff water is contaminated with lead or something else. So lead would be the most common concern. Typically, we check that. You have to maintain food quality products, so you shouldn't be concerned about consuming lead in your rice when you buy it off the shelves. But if you are one of those people who are consuming rice straight from the field, which first of all, how, and how are you listening to this podcast, then you would potentially be at risk of that contamination. More importantly, you would be at risk of exposure if you are harvesting the rice. So. Here's some points where it may not be healthy if you're there. The flip side of that is that rice products have then been used to remove heavy metal contaminants from other things. So pick your poison. So long as you're not eating it and are using proper protection when you know that there is heavy metal contamination, you should be fine. So we've talked about polishing, milling, we've talked about how it's a staple food, and we've talked about a couple different varieties. Let's talk about the byproducts of that processing process. Rice bran and rice oil. Those are two of the big byproducts of processing. And actually those are becoming more and more relevant in today's society because we have methods of preserving them. Those products are removed from rice. So your husk is gonna be your rice bran and the oil is going to be your orizinol, excuse me, which is, a very important oil, and I'm very excited to actually talk about some of the research involved in that. These two products are removed because they are what contribute to the rancidity, the ability to go bad rapidly, and because, quite frankly, people don't want to eat straight bran very often. It doesn't taste good. It's very, very high in fiber. While you can and should be eating some of it, you maybe don't want to be eating it as your meal, every meal which is what rice is for a lot of people. Originally, rice bran and rice oil were not extracted particularly safely. They were not done in any way that would be usable. They were typically removed and then used as animal feed. Um, back in 2005, it started being approached as what can we do to make this process more efficient. Uh, from an economics perspective, people were tired of losing money because you can't sell animal feed the same way you can sell food to humans. 
So over the years, we've done different experiments. As of 2011, there was a ex generally accepted way to uh, process rice bran and rice oil, either through superheating or certain chemical processes. I do not have all of the details on the chemical processes. I am sure that information is out there somewhere. I am mildly concerned that it might be a company secret that has been patented by someone. So jury's out as to whether or not I can get access to it. But basically what this did is it made it possible for those products to be things that are now being sold. Rice bran is now being added into baking. So bran muffins, things of that nature may now contain rice bran, which is very high in vitamins B and E. Additionally, we're now getting access to and being able to experiment with gamma orizinol. Gamma orizinol specifically, because a 2011 study, and this was again repeated in 2021, comes back as lowering serum cholesterol. So cholesterol is a kind of lipid that is processed in your body and is generally how we interpret fat to be. You talk about your low-density cholesterol and your high-density cholesterol when you're talking about serum cholesterol. These are not the same cholesterol as the cholesterol you eat. Um, unfortunately, because the name is the same, it is often confused. But keep that in mind. You can eat cholesterol, and it may not actually raise your cholesterol. Shocking, I know. It can, but it's a little bit more complicated than that. But gamma orizinol actually decreases serum cholesterol, which basically means that if you take a blood test, your cholesterol level is high, this particular oil can be used to reduce it. This is very exciting. It's a little bit less chemically dependent way to potentially regulate your blood cholesterol. There have also been ideas tossed around about this possibly being a good way to manage diabetes because it is hypoglycemic. So in general, this particular extract works as a way of controlling blood sugar. It's not gonna spike your blood sugar when you eat it. Those are good things. It's not super common from my understanding as of yet, but it is becoming more and more available, which is very exciting. Additionally, rice oil is very common in certain non-Western medicine practices. I'm not evaluating non-Western medicine at this point because I don't have enough research at this time. That does not mean there is not a lot of research. That does not mean I'm saying it doesn't work, but it means I'm saying that I can't talk about it yet because I don't know enough. So wrap up time, is rice healthy? Well, yes, rice is healthy. But if you want the most healthy kind of rice, you want rice that has been milled but not polished. So you want rice that still is brown, black, or red, or purple. Apparently some varieties of rice come in purple. I forgot about that. You want it to look more natural than necessarily your white boxed rice that you can get off the counter. That all being said, Processing is important. You do not want to be consuming rice patties and you do not want to be consuming raw, unprocessed rice. Rice can be risky if it's being grown in a place that is contaminated. So we want to be taking care of our planet in order to continue to eat rice. Weirdly enough, using rice actually may be a good way to remove contaminants. So 
the more you know. That being said, though, if the rice is growing in a contaminated place, it's not only dangerous to eat, it is dangerous for the people who are harvesting it. Rice is a very good is very good for your gut and may have antioxidant properties if you're consuming it in high enough quantities. Some people may be consuming it in those quantities, other people may not be. It's really going to depend on your individual diet, the kind of rice you have access to, and how much of it you're eating. But I'm confident in saying that rice is healthy based on all of this evidence. Now, as always, when any food, don't eat too much. Um, don't eat food that's gone bad. Don't eat food that's been contaminated with heavy metals. With all that in mind, I'm curious, what do you guys think about hybrid rice species, the so-called golden rice, where we're adding back in nutrients that has been removed through the process of milling via genetic manipulation? I look forward to seeing you all next week. Rock on!